This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing else. Welcome to the Sports the sports comedy podcast that's treating the third preseason game like a fifth preseason game, which is a meaningless statement. I'm your host, Adam Weinrib, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, glitching out literally nonstop in a fantasy football mock draft app trying to draft against tweens, crafting Kevin Garnett's jersey retirement speech entirely out of different combinations of the words anything possible and is, and avoiding all eye contact with Cole Beasley at all times. Hell of a show today, but first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. After new Jeopardy host Mike Richards' abrupt resignation to run the show, I guess, Packers QB Aaron Rodgers said he, quote, definitely would have taken the job if offered. Unfortunately, he didn't get it because he looks kind of frumpy in the Packers' one-piece uniforms. Said a disappointed Rodgers, what is the point of getting excited about an opportunity? Whiteout Larry Fitzgerald spoke on his NFL future, claiming he, quote, doesn't have the urge to play right now. Dang, I wish my two-year-old nephew would say the same thing. Unfortunately, he's hard at work trying to make the Cardinals 53-man roster. Mitchell Trubisky led the Bills to four straight touchdown drives and a 28-0 lead over the Bears in this weekend's preseason game. And at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes unzipped his Mitchell Trubisky suit. Revenge complete. Major League Baseball announced the Red Sox and Orioles will play in next year's Little League Classic. MLB also expressed optimism they'll be able to secure a Major League team for the year after that. Detroit Tigers star Miguel Cabrera hit the 500th home run of his career this weekend. Man, the pandemic began and ended with a Tiger King, huh? Just kidding, pandemic not over. Cabrera said this home run was for his native Venezuela, while the other 499 were for Iceland. The WNBA champion Seattle Storm became the first women's team at the White House since 2016. Gee, what happened that year? Said Senator Lindsey Graham, It's nice seeing all these gals around, but why do they have to be a storm? Just be a sunny day, sweetheart. It won't kill ya. The Big Ten has agreed to forfeit all football games that get impacted by positive COVID tests this season. In a related story, Ohio State is never gonna COVID test. Better luck next pandemic. Meanwhile, the Dallas Cowboys moved to virtual practices this week after three COVID positives, and that should be a pretty amazing episode of Hard Knocks. A guy filming an assistant offensive line coach filming his computer screen with an iPhone 4. But one undrafted player has a tougher road to the roster. See, that's him. The the blur, no, not that. That, That's actually, he's in the upper corner. He he forgot to pin his video like we asked. A judge ruled the Philadelphia Phillies can continue using the new Philly Fanatic after a Slapdash 2020 redesign absolved them of copyright issues. Using it for what? No word yet on the Fanatic suing Nirvana for being shown nude on that alternate Nevermind cover. And this week marked the 102nd anniversary of Cleveland pitcher Ray Caldwell getting struck by lightning on the mound, then waking up and finishing the game. As opposed to these pitchers nowadays who get struck by lightning and then cry to the manager to go get the bullpen up. Swear, these modern starters, they go five innings, they get struck by lightning, and then it's like, oh, please, sir, my jersey is smoking. Enough already. According to eyewitnesses of the event, Caldwell said he finished the game quickly because, quote, the lightning whispered to me that it was coming back. This episode of Sportfire is brought to you by Manscaped. 
Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? Do we? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet, and the next planet, by the way, is not going to be thrilled by that, with the Performance Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. There's a cutting-edge ceramic blade on this puppy to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch, which can engage your travel lock, and it's even waterproof. There's also a 4,000K LED spotlight on there that you can turn on and off no matter where you are in the universe. If you're interested, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Coming up later, ESPN fantasy expert Matthew Berry, courtesy of Buffalo Wild Wings. But up next, I got the chance to catch up with my old friend and director, Molly Lloyd, who you may know from the Baker Mayfield Progressive Book Club commercial. If you're looking for raw dish from the set, this is definitely the pod for you. And that raw dish, it's poke. Molly is nice. I am here with actress, comedian, Molly Lloyd, one of my favorite folks who I have not spoken to in a while. Um, You may know Molly for reasons other than the reasons that I know Molly. I know Molly because she used to be my director and she's responsible for most of the best moments in my oeuvre, I think. Um, But you probably know her from a lot of television commercials that you're very familiar with. And the ones we're going to be talking about specifically today, uh, you might remember her from Baker Mayfield's book club. So Molly, thanks so much for joining us. Adam, what a pleasure. I mean, come on. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you again. I do think that you're responsible for most of my my brightest shining moments prior to now. Um, but a lot of people have become more familiar with you recently because of your presence on their televisions on many NFL Sundays. I called you up because I find it fascinating that you are now a person and you're not like a huge football fan. But I think it's fascinating that you're a person who's now so associated with the experience of watching NFL football, especially during like one of the weirdest years of all time where we've been so locked down and so, you know, trying to keep these traditions of Sunday football going. Um, Take me through sort of, you know, as a non-football fan, what does it feel like to be now a part of that process? To be perfectly honest with you, it, it was awesome. And it was kind of a roller coaster, like the whole experience from shooting it to it airing and then not airing. And then all of a sudden the Browns started doing real, real good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they started airing it again. But even from the beginning, like that commercial was the first commercial I shot during the pandemic. So it was shot in July of 2020 and we were all scared. You know what, Liz? And I drove from my home in Pennsylvania to Cleveland so I wouldn't have to fly. The director drove from Connecticut to Cleveland so he didn't have to drive. So everybody is we're doing all these major precautions. This is pre-vaccine, pre-feeling safe in any manner. When I got to set, which was at the stadium, that was amazing. Like one time I got to shoot something at um, New Jersey. What's the hockey team in New Jersey? You probably know. The Devils. Thank you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> stadium. And I got to like scoot out on the ice for a second, which was fun. So this felt kind of similar where I was like, this is awesome. I get to be in the stadium. 
six to 10 feet from any other human being wearing a shield where, you know, washing our hands. It, it was so nerve wracking, but still somehow managed to be super fun. I barely spoke to Baker during the shoot or like, you know, when we weren't shooting because he was so far away from us, everybody was far away from everybody. And so from a distance, and I don't really know who he, I mean, I know he's the quarterback, but from a distance, he looked little to me. I was like, oh, he's a little quarterback. <laughs> like, who is that basketball player who was really, really good in the 80s and 90s, but really, really small? Spud Webb. Yep, Spud Webb. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, maybe he's like uh, a magical kind of football player who is really tiny, but really good. And then he got closer. I'm like, oh, no, he's in excess of six feet. Like my perspective on him was very skewed by like being anxiety ridden as we all were at that time and also being far away. So then we actually shot in the stadium itself. And because it was a book club, um, you know, we were sitting discussing the book, but it, because it's a stadium, we sat naturally six or eight feet from each other. So the actual shoot felt super safe. Um, he was in it. And also Jedrick Wills was, mm-hmm. it was his rookie year. And so he was in it as well. It was his first commercial, super nice guy. They're both really nice, but again, a very strange kind of shooting experience being kept from everybody, et cetera. Um, but then it came out and I was really excited that it came out at all. Sometimes we shoot commercials and they don't come out. So not only did it come out, but also like, it's really funny. Like Jedrick kills it. Baker Mayfield's real charismatic. I mean, he's not just a tiny quarterback. He's very charismatic. <laughs> and, uh, and that whole experience of it coming out was awesome. It went away around November or so. And then all of a sudden it came back at the top. I, I can't remember end of December or beginning of January, whenever they started doing really well. Did they have some kind of a turnaround last year? They were, they were like preseason favorites. And so I think that's why like we got a lot of the like, all right, season's about to begin. We got to get these Baker Mayfield commercials out. They struggled a little bit to the point where you're right though, to the point where now I don't even remember the struggles because everybody remembers last season as they sort of galvanized. They maybe didn't hit the heights they were supposed to, but they won their first playoff game in a long time. Yes. And, beat, and beat the Steelers by doing so. So there was sort of that like early January crescendo of like the Browns did what we thought they would. And I feel like yes. that's when it really started re-airing. Yeah, I believe that you're right. And then and people started to kind of mention it more to me then. So it felt like you were saying being a presence on NFL Sunday. I didn't really get that until then. And all of a sudden people not only said they saw my spot, but they were also like, we're watching the Browns. They're like, they are like he is fulfilling his promise, right? Like some kind of a thing that he was, was he the Heisman trophy winner? Yes. I mean, what a guy. And, uh, (laughs) and now they're saying, so then, okay. So then that came out, everything went great. And then this summer I was fortunate enough to audition and I did have to audition for it and be cast again as one of his neighbors. Cause they wanted kind of that consistency of, Oh, this person was in his book club. We are in book clubs with our neighbors. So me and one of the other actors from the first spot, Uh, whose name is Blair Brooks, she and I got to be neighbors standing next to him walking, you know, Blair's dog while he's um, watering the grass outside the stadium. So we got to shoot again with him. Now this time we shot, it was so much more (laughs) easy breezy. We got to stand within six feet of him. We got to chat with him. Um, It was much more loose. People seemed truly just like a big exhale. We were like, oh, we can just shoot this kind of like a normal commercial, you know? Um, And that was a really great experience as well. And so exciting to go back and be outside the stadium. And this time we got to do fun stuff. Like I got my husband a baseball hat and I got my four-year-old son a t-shirt and Baker signed them. And it was just a much more fun 
kind of experience. So hopefully that runs as well. Awesome. Um, I, it's so funny. I mean, first off, thanks for answering the question that I didn't ask, which I was about to ask, which was, this is Cleveland, right? Like, this isn't like some, like, you didn't fool me with commercial magic. Like, this is the stadium. 100%. You know? yeah. 100%. And it's so funny, too, because in those, I think it's two days. I think they, they their official shooting days are two days. They shoot like four commercials a day. So like in the time that I was there last year and also this year, I was only there for one shoot day and they have us come in, shoot it and go because he's already on to the next thing. So sometimes when they're moving the camera or whatever, I'll turn around and like, whereas in our scene, he's he had a hose or something. I'll turn around during when they're moving the camera and he'll be like spraying, I don't know, like cleaning a floor, like because they're shooting the next thing where he's cleaning his hallway or whatever, or his mm -hmm. wife is coming in and, you know, they have that whole series, but um, yeah, they really bang them out in just a couple of days. It's really fun. That's, it's also so funny that, I mean, I, you're obviously embedded in it. I watching at home, you know, you're sitting six, seven, 10 feet apart from each other in the commercial. It didn't even really register to me that you were doing that. It just sort of felt like, oh, this is a very natural way for people to sit. Like, congratulations to the direction. And like, it, yes. at, no, at no point was I like, why are they so far apart? Very odd. Like, no, in my notebook, like I just totally bought it. Yeah, it, it really worked. And, and that was part of, I think, what made us all able to kind of, even though there was some stress and anxiety just because it was July 2020 and like that was just the river that was running through all of our bodies, the river of emotions running through our bodies. But overall, like even taking that job made sense. It's an outside shoot. We're sitting far apart. You know what I mean? There's only mm -hmm. four, four people. There's not a hundred extras, you know, like we didn't have to worry about that. Um, and I think that I, I agree their close-ups that they did and the shots where there were two people made it look and feel very intimate, even though it was shot in a stadium, you know, a safe distance apart from people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you auditioned for this, did you a know it was going to be with Baker Mayfield or a similar like athlete star and, and Jedrick Wills? And did you know it was going to be sort of like a tent pole that was going to be running like during these major events? Uh, no, I didn't know that when I got the audition, it said something about Baker. And I was like, what? There's a baker in this? Like I thought a baker, somebody was going to bake things. No. And I thought they had capitalized it by accident. I didn't know what was Extremely happening. Extremely natural reaction, by the way. Like, again, <laughs> as a sports person would never have gone there, but I a thousand percent understand why you did. Like, oh, this like, is a chef commercial. Yeah. Cool. That sounds good to me. Um, and then when I looked at it and it said something like at at home with Baker or something like that, but it was shorthanded. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, this feels familiar. Didn't I see like a guy in a bathrobe outside a stadium once. Cause this was, I think, was it season three or was it season two that was shot last year? I can't remember, but, um, but it, there were some outs. So then when I went on YouTube and watched them and how clever they are and how hilariously they're shot and how truly funny Baker and his wife are and the other actors that they use in it, I was really excited to audition for it, to be honest with you. Cause it's, it looks so great. Um, they're directed by a guy named Kenny Herzog, who's with O Positive, with a, which is a production company I I've worked with many times, and I really love working with them. Their sense of humor is amazing and so dry, and none of their commercials feel rushed. They really live inside the moment to, to hit the comedic points, but also make the client look awesome, you know? And um, so I was thrilled to be able to like be in a series with this guy who is a football player who also happens to be charismatic and funny and 
he's a good sport, you know, like he's a really good sport. He does all these fun things for the commercials. So yeah, I was excited to get it. Yeah. And then you got to spend, you know, the slightest more amount of time with him this year. Like you, you were able to be a little closer. Does he stick to the script like extremely faithfully? Does the director trust him to mess around? Like how many, how many takes do you like, do you go extremely faithfully all the way through? Or is there ever like, all right, Baker, just like go nuts, go water somebody's feet or like whatever. <laughs> um, he has a great relationship with Kenny. They've at this point, they've made a million spots together. They also I'm an improv performer mm -hmm. and also the other actresses um, who were in the book club spot and also in the other one that's going to come out. We're all pretty comfortable maneuvering lines on our feet, you know, and so sometimes the director would be like, OK, Baker, you say the first line and then. Blair says the other line and Molly, you say something and then Blair and, oh, and then Baker, you say something back. So he does let us play. And a couple of times, you know, we laughed or we giggled or whatever. He's like, okay, just take it again. Just take it again. So they're pretty open to it. And Baker's <laughs> pretty funny. Like it's not fair that someone gets to be a good football player, pretty easy on the eyes and charismatic and funny enough to be in commercials. It doesn't, it's not fair. That's not how gifts are supposed to be handed out in life. Do you know what I mean? It's like rude. I feel like it's rude. Yeah. Oh, it's obnoxious. He, he's ob it's obnoxious. Go away, Baker. Never go away. You're hilarious. But he, um, he was great. And so I would say something mildly outlandish because I also, you know, I want them to be able to use it if they need it. And then he would react pretty quick. And then once we got his line out, every once in a while, he would have to turn away to laugh. Cause he's not like a big gregarious laugher in front of you. Like, Oh, like big open mouth laugher. He would like put his hand over his mouth. I, I just did it, but you, you can't see me, but I put, he put his hand over his mouth and then would turn his back to me and then walk three feet away and then come back and be like, okay, okay. That was good. Okay. That was good. Like he's very, he, he like keeps himself together. You know, he's obviously <laughs> good, good at that, but, um, but yeah, he kind of keeps himself together, but allowed himself to laugh a few times. Um, he was great. He's great. It's a really good hang, really easy. I mentioned to someone recently who didn't know I was in those spots. I mentioned that I had shot one and they said, ah, oh, Baker Mayfield, that's a guy it's easy to root for. And I was like, yeah, I think he is. I think he is like, he's, uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, kind of an all American good guy, you know, like he's really working hard. So I, this having been said, I don't watch football, but I imagine that that comes through when he plays too. I don't know. I'll it have does. to check it out. It does. I'll have to check out this football you speak of. Yeah, if it let this interview be your impetus to check this out the, the American sport of football. <laughs> um, it's it's funny. I mean, you, you mentioned that's a very quarterbacky thing for him to be, too, by the way, for him to just gather himself with a laugh internally and then immediately like move on to the next play. Like, all right, we laughed. We had a hang and now yes. it's time to execute. Yes. I, yeah, I believe that's a great way to describe it. That's exactly. He's like, I experienced that and now I will move on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I'm going to use real... it to make me a better laugher moving forward. <laughs> I'm going to learn from this experience. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's great. Very polite. You know, really nice guy. Really nice guy. So you you have shot another one. Your mm -hmm. character is back. You are the same character, although it might not be mentioned or maybe it is. I don't know. But um, how much do you have a backstory running in your own head for this character? How much do you know about her that we don't see? Or do you just hate Amy? Like, is that your prime motivation? Wait, who's Amy? I believe, isn't Amy the woman who doesn't come to the book club? Oh my gosh, good. Ma yes, I'm sorry. I should have watched my own commercial before we did this. That is so funny. It's so funny that you say that because when I auditioned, when I had my callback for the second spot, 
I didn't know if I could call back Amy because Amy is the villain of the book club spot. Yes. And I'm like, please let Amy be the villain again. <laughs> and I, that helps me as an actor fulfill the world of this. Um, so in the in the callback, I did use Amy as one of them. I'm like, oh, Amy, as one of my buttons or something to one of them. But on set, we I don't believe we use the name Amy. Now that you mention it, I think we kind of stuck a little more to other other games, if you will, other comedic things that were going yeah. on in it. But um, but yeah, you know, I think I don't have a huge backstory in my head. We're mostly sort of his backup singers. Like it's, you know, it's Baker's show and we're just like guests on it. But it was fun to be with Blair. So Blair is another actor who's in it. Um, another actor from the book club one who's a good friend of ours is Erin Noel Grennan. And um, Blair Brooks, who's one of the actors in it, she and I co-host a podcast together called Toddler Purgatory for parents of children under six. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she and I are dear friends. So for her and I to be able to book this together was wild because we talked to each other three times a week because of the podcast. And so then we got to fly to Cleveland together. We got to hang out with Baker. It was like really great. So I think by the end of our shoot day, I wouldn't call us mean girls, but I would say we had strong opinions about people in the neighborhood. And so we ended up having more than one villain. Like, I don't know if we use the word Amy, but we definitely hated, like, I think one of them was like Phil down the street with the new driveway. You know, all of a sudden we started fulfilling all of these sort of like mean girl neighbor stereotypes and it felt good. It didn't feel bad because they're not real people, you know? We could let out all our inner bitchdom. I love it. I can't wait for like season eight when you're like season ticket holders and you're like an inch away from the field, like heck, like an in-game promotion where you're heckling Baker's enemies mid-game. I, I think oh, there, for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of fun places for this to go. Um, I will. I so. I'll, I'll wrap with this. Um, I don't. This is just because I don't know. Like this is obviously sort of a formative experience, but you've done so much internet comedy and, and great like work in a lot of you know different spaces online have you is this the first time you've ever shot with an athlete you said you you went to the devil's uh stadium at some point like were athletes involved there and if so like how different were those experiences um you know actually that one there were no athletes involved i had to go there to shoot something because it was another one where they were shooting two or three commercials in one day so i had to like take the van there to wait for the other people working on my spot kind of thing for, I'm trying to even remember what that was. Best Buy. It was Best Buy. Nice. So I had to go there to like wait for people to get the van to go to my um, location for Best Buy. Um, am I allowed to say that if they're not a sponsor? <laughs> oh, definitely. 100%. In fact, I hope they'll hear this and reconsider their decision not to sponsor the podcast. Um, so, you know, I didn't have to work with athletes there. I think this is my first athlete. <laughs> um, I worked with Martha Stewart once, which I don't think counts, but she does seem light on her feet. <laughs> yeah, she theoretically could do gymnastics, but I don't yes, know if she for does. for sure. And I also think she's like tough. Like Martha Stewart could probably play a sport. 100%. She was in prison. Uh, and then I'm trying to think of who else I may have worked with on a commercial. I think that's it. Sorry. One person I would have liked to have worked with, and my husband will not be happy to hear this, is Tom Brady mm-hmm. because I'm from Rhode Island. So that would have made me a little nervous. I guess I wasn't nervous about Baker because I didn't know who he was. And I thought he made 
baked goods. But if it was Tom Brady, who I know is a controversial figure, I get that. But like, I'm from, I'm from Rhode Island. He's my guy, you know, even I know he's not on that team anymore, but it would still be so exciting. Like I remember when, when he first started playing with the Pats, it was wild, you know, I don't know. I guess that one, I would be like, oh, like I would be like, I carried a watermelon. Like that might be the athlete that I carried a watermelon for. Um, And maybe of course, Simone Biles, because she's one of the greatest athletes in the world. But, um, but yeah, this was kind of, I guess this was even better than I would have expected because Baker doesn't put on airs. You know, he has his agent and his manager with him and his, but is also his wife who he's like joking around with. Um, He doesn't have a huge entourage. He's not, you know, he's confident. He walks through this world with confidence, but not with conceit, at least that I experienced. So, um, so this was like a good relationship, I would say for, for the hour and a half that I actually worked with him total for the last two years. And you know what, frankly, I hope the next athlete I work with lives up to that promise. Yeah. What an incredible introduction to the world of athletes, both, yeah. both Baker and Martha for you in, in preparing yourself for maybe the eventual TB12. I mean, you know, Tom has like weird nutrition products. Like you could theoretically take those and like, I don't know. I've, you seem like a person who could be in the Tom Brady fitness world, <laughs> just like flexing, it- doing protein powder, like testimonials, maybe. I don't know. If he needs me to do a push-up, I could maybe do a push-up. Yeah. But you know, I have a four-year-old. I eat a lot of chicken nuggies. You know, I have a lot of uh, freeze pops in my freezer. That's about it. Yeah, Tom. Tom, I think can work with that. Molly, okay. uh, thanks so much for joining me. This was awesome, and I can't wait till the new season airs. Uh, one of many reasons that I'm excited for the new NFL season. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, the new um, season of At Home with Baker Mayfield launches comes out, I believe, on September 9th. Awesome. And Keep and an just a, a reminder, can you plug your podcast one more time? Please? Absolutely. If you or someone you know has kids or a kid or takes care of a kid <laughs> under the age of six, it's called Toddler Purgatory, P-U-R-G-A-T-O-R-Y, Toddler Purgatory. You can look us up online at, at hashtag Toddler Purgatory, and you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Adam. Great to see you. Great to see you. Molly Lloyd, everybody! Y'all better get ready for season eight of the Progressive Multiverse. DM me for spoilers. And now, courtesy of Buffalo Wild Wings, it's ESPN fantasy football expert Matthew Berry, who I forced to stare at my perfect roster from last year and tell me why it wasn't my fault they were bad. Matthew, thanks so much for joining me. First of all, tell me a bit more about your partnership with Buffalo Wild Wings, and I gotta ask what your go-to order is. All right. Well, first off, yeah, listen, I like partnering and working with companies that are, as I phrase it, fantasy friendly. Like they get it, right? Because I've gone to those restaurants or those bars for a fantasy draft and they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, here. I would just shoved you in this corner over here. Like these guys really kind of roll out the red carpet for you. If you go to buffalowildwings.com slash fantasy, you'll see all the options they have available for you. I think this is cool. If you if you go to B-dubs for your draft, the commissioner, every Sunday of the NFL season, gets a free appetizer they can come back and so they're just trying to cater to the commissioner and uh they do a lot of a lot of fun things there you can check it out on the website but my go-to honestly i'm boring i like 12 plain wings but they gotta have bones in them i'm i'm not in on the boneless wings like at that point it's a nugget what are we doing like you know i'm i'm, I'm pro nugget but like either have a wing or a nugget or a tender a chicken tender stop with the boneless wings that's my take so that's my go-to order is just uh, 12 plain. But I will say that um, 
Uh, my kids all love the barbecue. Great. And my commissioner happens to be a chef, so he's going to love this offer. Uh, honestly, that's uh, sort of a perfect situation. He can whip up his own stuff then he can go grab some free apps too. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I have to ask, we're seeing a lot of fantasy football punishments trending lately. It seems like every day you turn around, somebody else is eating waffles. Have these jumped the shark? And if so, what can we do to bring the glory back to this once proud tradition? I don't think it's jumped the shark yet because it, again, like, I mean, like the fact that the, the waffle house guy started trending uh, was crazy to me. Cause that that's a punishment that's been around for a while. So it, it tells me that there's still people that are discovering them. I think there's still some really great, clever ones, obviously the tattoos. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of people that send me pictures of tattoos. They've been forced to get where uh, the last place loser in a league is, uh, has to get a tattoo chosen by the winner and i've seen all sorts of uh i've seen uh, i've seen joe exotic usually it's pop culture which is you know awful like six years from now like people can be like joe exotic like i saw one where a poor guy got um got left shark remember the katie perry super bowl uh how could right? i forget yeah yeah of course so this poor guy got left shark um i, I saw another guy that got harambe remember the <laughs> harambe the gorilla yes um and so, uh, so the, there's those, like, um, I, I got a league in Brooklyn, New York, where the loser of the league has to dress as a lion, and the rest of the league hunts them with paintball guns. So I, I think that one's, a, that one's a pretty good one. Um, you know, usually there's, there's always the, the performance ones, stand-up comedy. I've seen people have to do a mime. Uh, one league in North Carolina, the league had to... Uh, he had to he had to go be a mime on a street corner and couldn't leave until he had rate he had gotten a hundred dollars in tips um so that's pretty good one last one that i think is pretty original um uh that i haven't seen that often that i like a lot is uh you know how like in elementary schools they'll have basketball hoops but they're eight foot mm -hmm. like you know they've lowered them for the kids so this league went to an elementary school and the loser of the league had to stand under the basket while the rest of the league all took turns dunking on him and posterizing him, um, which was pretty good. And they filmed it and they did slow-mo and they, you know, they added music to it. So uh, uh, those are pretty good. I always, I really enjoy them. People send them to me um, and I always use, you know, we, I, I tweet them out on social media, use the hashtag fantasy life. And in fact, you know, I do a show for ESPN plus called the fantasy show with Matthew Barry and our last segment every single uh, episode is don't be this guy where we show a punishment. And um, what can I tell you? We have yet to run out of sec. We have yet to run out of material. Like we we're managed to come up with a new one every single week. So there's uh, there's no end in sight. Yeah, that's important. I mean, you could rattle off endless examples. Clearly we're nowhere close to the end of the rope. Um, yeah. So I, I got a draft this weekend. Obviously I'm not going to make you do my draft for me. Uh, I'm sure maybe other people did that. I won't do that. Um, Thank but you. for your money, who is the worst consensus first round pick this year? Like a guy who's guaranteed almost to go in the first, who is just like a bomb that you should not touch. I, I wouldn't phrase bomb, but the person I'm least comfortable with in the first round is Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> right? I mean, like he's going on ESPN. I don't know where he's going on other sites, but on ESPN, he's going fifth overall. He's going in the top five. And, you know, like we don't even know if he's going to start the season coming off a torn ACL and MCL and a meniscus tear. Like it's, it was a serious, serious injury that Saquon suffered. Uh, so we don't know when he's going to be back. 
we don't know how much work he's going to get because they've talked about the fact that they may ease him back in and try to, you know, uh, like he's their franchise. So they're not going to, they, they want to, you know, rightfully so kind of be very gentle and, and cautious with him. There, there are real concerns about that offensive line. People forget that prior to being injured last year, Saquon Barkley had 34 yards on 19 carries. Saquon was bad last year. Like, I mean, again, super small sample size, but like 34 yards on 19 carries is not good. Um, and so, you know, have they addressed, have they done enough to address the offensive line issues in the offseason? That's a question that remains to be seen. And then the last thing for me is, look, he's a terrific player. He's going to get a lot of volume. We'll get passing down work. But will the explosiveness, you know, less than a year removed from an ACL tear, will the explosiveness come back? Because if it doesn't, that's a concern. Uh, in, in his career, for Saquon Barkley, when he does not have a 25-yard run or more in a game, he averages 3.3 yards per carry. Like, that, those big plays, that explosiveness are part of his game. And so for you to take somebody with all those question marks at five overall, that makes me nervous. I'm as a second rounder. I'm as running back nine. And, and again, I have more as a second round pick this year than as a, than as a top five guy where he's going on ESPN. Me too. Uh, we'll wrap with this. Um, we've seen a lot of Mac Jones, Cam Newton talk this week after the travel snafu. How viable a fantasy option is Mac becoming? I don't think he is one, candidly. He doesn't run. I, I think Cam Newton starts game one for the Patriots. Um, and the, the, the concern for, for Mac Jones is that he personally doesn't run. But I do think the Patriots will. I think they're still going to be more of a run-heavy team and that he's not going to be airing it out. Eight of the top ten quarterbacks last year in fantasy ran for at least 200 yards. And that doesn't include Jalen Hurts, who was a top nine fantasy quarterback for the four games he was uh, a starter for the Eagles. It doesn't include the four games that Taysom Hill was a starter for the Saints, where he was a top nine fantasy quarterback, right? It doesn't include Dak Prescott, who had he stayed healthy all year, he would have been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You need quarterbacks that give you points with both your legs and your arms. And so I would much rather take a flyer. If you're going talking outside the top 12, give me a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance quarterbacks that I think will start this year, not if, but when they start this year, we fantasy factors more so than Mac Jones. Perfect. Matthew, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it very much. Look forward to the piece. Matthew Berry, don't draft the Giants ever. Signed, a Giants fan. And now, my final flame. I've been spending time this week coming up with my definitive MLB power rankings. M first, it has the cavernous dips and impressive peaks of a mountain range, followed by B, a muted M tipped on its side, then finally L, the loser's letter. As for my Major League Baseball power rankings, those have been a lot more difficult to discern. All season long, I've been told it's inevitable that the Dodgers will win the World Series, but every time I look at the standings, I see a real team in first place in the NL West. That real team would be the San Francisco Giants. I think. I'm not sure. I have a plug-in that replaces the team name with the words real team if the team's playing like a real team. These Giants are everything we thought we lost in baseball. They've surprised us. They bunt. They hit and run. They pitch. They play defense. They're all 35. 
and any real baseball fan will be rooting for the San Francisco Giants this year, provided they're from the San Francisco area. As for these Dodgers, the highest payroll in the country doesn't seem likely to get them any higher than the second best record in baseball. That's what we pay all that money for these days? 100 wins and the highest World Series odds despite the lowly second best record? Huh. Seems a dollar might not go as far as it used to. Unless you ball it up and throw it. Hey, anyone ever give a dollar to those children at the science fair who make paper planes? They've forgotten more about aerodynamics than I'll ever know. In conclusion, it takes a lot to win these days. But maybe to win a modern championship, you have to go back to the future. When the Giants lose the NLDS to the Dodgers in four instead of three, I hope you'll remember this. Especially the science fair tangent. My thanks to Molly Lloyd and Matthew Berry. See you next week. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.